is hard. To hear someone talk about giving without their words being obscured by a cloud of unspoken motives, real or imagined. We don't live in the gift economy where those parts of our lives that do operate that way are all mixed in with ones that are much more transactional. I want to talk about giving. I want to wrestle with it a little, as Jane did so beautifully. I want to do it out loud. And as part of this exploration um, that we're doing of different parts of the service, because giving, as Jane said, is a part of every service. And I don't want to be saying, give more to UUCPA. Open up your wallets during the offering. I know how hard it is to even talk about this without that subtext being there. And after all, part of my job is to raise the funds that we need to carry out our mission. And that mission includes my helping you along your spiritual path where giving is a very big part of our daily lives. There's no day that goes by where we don't receive, give, spend, transact in some way. Can we talk about giving that way as a part of our lives that's complicated, a spiritual question, without any budgets and balance sheets getting in the way, just for now? We'll have a go. Robin Wall Kimmerer talks about how complicated this is. And it's not just complicated when it comes to money. It's any kind of gift. Well, before I get back to her words, let me give a couple of examples. There's so many of them this time of year. When we have the season of thanks followed by the season of giving. I got a text just today saying just that. This is the season of giving. Oh, who wants my money? I wondered. They didn't actually want my money. I'd signed up to know about volunteer opportunities in California, and I was receiving some. <sighs> and it's true. It's nice that thanks is followed by giving, but even that can feel like a guilt trip. Aren't you grateful? Aren't you blessed by so much? You just said so on Thanksgiving. Well then, give. At the very least, it feels transactional. It doesn't feel like a gift. But there's a beauty there too, because once we shove the guilt trips and transactions aside, what we have is a relationship between gratitude and generosity. When we overflow with a sense of gratitude, we want to give, and not just to the person who gave to us, if it was a person. Research shows we are more generous. We give more 
It makes sense. We have this sense of abundance when we're aware of life's abundance. Whether it's the bounty of the earth or an unexpected wonderful gift from a family member, we don't feel such a need to hold tight to what we have. In fact, we want to share in that flow of abundance. But how easy it is for it to slip from that exchange. Oh, even that word feels transactional. How easy it is to fall out of the gift economy, that sense of just giving out of a sense of abundance and affection and connection to something transactional. For example, you probably have somebody like this in your family. I've heard this story from many people. You know the person to, with whom you have some sort of gift-giving relationship, the relative you always give a Christmas gift to, say, and they're hard to shop for, and you love them, and you really try to give them something that will be special for them, and it just seems like they can't receive it in the spirit in which you give it. They say, oh, you shouldn't spend any money on me, or I don't need something like this, or please don't do this. And those are just the polite responses, not the, I hate that color, which, you know, some of us are unlikely enough, un unlucky enough to have those relatives. I'm not one of them, fortunately. But let me tell another story um, that I know about from a relationship that you may also know this kind of thing. We don't generally exchange gifts. Okay, I'm talking about my sister. So we don't give holiday gifts to each other as a general rule. We don't give birthday gifts. We talk on the phone since we live far apart. We, we usually use those occasions at a time, as a time to touch base and wish each other well, and that's fine. As far as I know, that's good for both of us. And... Um, so by unspoken agreement, um, we don't buy or make each other anything. So this is the season when lots of packages are coming our way. Um, usually things that, you know, I've ordered for my wife and daughter, and I hurry to the, the box in the garage to get them out of there before they start speculating on what's inside. Or uh, if I check the package, uh, I might see that it's actually addressed to my wife, in which case I try to avert my eyes and not think too much about what might be in there and whether maybe it's for me. So I was going to the mailbox um, the other day and um, saw that there was a package in there. Wherever you are, imagine you're hearing some ominous music. You could make some dun-dun, right? ominous music. I see the package. I draw closer. It looks like it's Got a handwritten label. I don't think it's from a company. Da, 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 da. I get closer. I know that handwriting. It's my sister's. She has sent us a package two weeks before Christmas. What am I going to do? It's almost too late to shop for Christmas. Hanukkah is past. She sent me a present. Don't we have a deal? Mitigating it somewhat is the fact that it's addressed to all of us. Okay, it's for the family. But still, suddenly I'm feeling like I owe her something. I never feel like I owe her a gift at, at Christmas time, but here we are. 
Now I bring this up, it's easy to bring it up because this is my sister and I'll get a call her and say exactly this, ah, I didn't get you anything. And I, she'll probably just say, oh, I saw something that I thought you'd all really like, just enjoy it. But there it is, that sense of transaction, that sense of duty and obligation kicking in. But you know, even the gift economy has a sense of duty and obligation. It's different. It's very different. But we can't say that a gift comes with no strings attached. Absolutely not. They're more than strings. They're a web. They are a whole network. What Martin Luther King called the inescapable network of mutuality. Or put another way, what Robert Heinlein called, There's, there ain't no such thing as a free lunch. And I can't think that I've ever quoted those two in the same paragraph before. Kimmerer talks about this. She says, gifts from the earth or from each other establish a particular relationship, an obligation of sorts to give, to receive, and to reciprocate. The field gave to us, we gave to my dad, and we tried to give back to the strawberries. When the berry season was done, the plants would send out slender red runners to make new plants. Because I was fascinated by the way they would travel over the ground looking for good places to take root, I would weed out little patches of bare ground where the runners touched down. Future botanist here. Sure enough, tiny little roots would emerge from the runner and by the end of the season, there were even more plants ready to bloom under the next strawberry moon. No person taught us this. The strawberries showed us because they had given us a gift, an ongoing relationship opened between us. A gift, she says, creates ongoing relationship. In a way, gifts carry more strings because of that relationship and its complexity. As she says elsewhere in the essay, you know, I can get lovely warm new wool socks from a store. And I hope I will feel grateful to the sheep and the people who raised them and the people who got, you know, made the socks and got them to me. I, I, I try to reflect on that, but I don't owe anything. I, I give the money to the clerk and all I owe is that money and basic politeness and it's over. There's no relationship there. But if my grandmother knits me new socks, that's part of a relationship. Gifts are how we, how we build relationship. They become part of the network. They are, they're given, they're received. They are the currency of relationship, of love and affection. No matter how much you might be able to have a relationship without any kind of material gifts, of course you can but you never really have a lasting relationship without some kind of giving, receiving, taking, thanking, and obligation. So it's complicated. Jane raised the idea that 
what we are doing in our service is a ritual. And I appreciate her quoting that, that um, reminder that I often give, that it is a ritual. What we give in our offering is symbolic. I try to emphasize that because it's not a fee for service. You don't have to pay to come and receive the service. It's a gift. No strings attached. But as with all gifts, they feel richer. They become richer when they're rooted in a relationship that is growing. And that's mutual. We keep giving back. We give to each other. We give forward. We give back. That's how it is. Ah, oh, but how to make a part of the service feel like that? I'm not sure if that's its origins. I'm not sure what the spirit was of the origins. I think of the origin of the offering in the, um, in the Christian tradition from which we got it as being deep in the Jewish tradition of sacrifice at the temple. An awful lot of the Hebrew Bible is given over to explaining the different kinds of sacrifices, why they are required, and in how to practice them. And they had some very, practical, um, some very practical outcomes of actually literally feeding the priests and their families, but it's also clear that they're a gift to God and that they are supposed to be, well, a sacrifice. They, they need to be precious. So you give of the first fruits, not till the end of the season, not waiting, okay, well, you know, we'll, we'll give our, our, our last bit of the harvest. Maybe that will never come. Maybe it will tail off. No, give the best, the first stuff. And give your best, your, your firstborn bullock or lamb of the season. The first one goes to the temple. And it's pretty clear that the roots of that are that it's a substitution for giving the most precious thing of all. Your firstborn child. Instead, in Jewish tradition, and this continues in a, in a very symbolic way in Jewish practice, in, um, in the ancient days, in the temples, you literally went and paid when your firstborn son, sorry, uh, those of us who have other genders are just second class um, in those days, but um, you redeem your first son to say, okay, I don't actually have to sacrifice him, but I'll give something to the temple and I will give the firstborn of all my animals and the first of my uh, plant harvests have to give something precious. And that comes down to today, to the offering. Now, of course, you get something in exchange, or rather, you've already gotten more than you could possibly repay. It's not a repayment. How can you repay the one who created the earth, who gave you your life? But they are turning back to that thought of what Kemmerer is saying about the earth. Imagine if we thought of our relationship with the earth more as one of mutuality. If we hadn't for centuries, perhaps less, undoubtedly less in her Potawatomi culture than in the culture I was raised in, we thought of it as, wow, all this free stuff and we can take and take and take. And we know that's not true. because there's no such thing as a free lunch. Not that a 
collection agent comes around demanding the money. No, but the earth needs us as we need the earth. It needs us to be in balance. Imagine that we thought of the gifts of the earth as being part of that network, and we're part of it too, and so of course we give. That too, I think, is in that tradition of sacrifice. That sense that the earth has, excuse me, with these agrarian people, the ancient Israelites, the earth has given to you. Your sheep have reproduced and now you have more sheep. Give back, pay forward. Remember the one who created it all because it doesn't come out of nothing and it won't keep going if you don't sustain it. As if they knew that when they knew so little compared to us about what the human impact on this planet can be. So when we talk about now this ritual in our service, can it be part of the gift economy? Not a fee for service, a gift given out of a sense of abundance as well as affection and love. Somebody who really helped shift my thinking about that, I won't mention by name, there's nothing mysterious, they would probably be fine with my sharing it, but I didn't ask before today. So I won't share their name, but they're a leader in the congregation and they said, you know, the thing that you say, since I was saying it at that time, the thing you say about um, let the basket pass you by with a clear conscience if you're here for the first time, you're our guest. They said, that doesn't really jibe with my sense of why I give, why we have an offering. And they talked about their upbringing in a religious community in which you just gave, of course you gave, every time you went to the place of worship. And I realized that what was embedded in their experience was a sense of the joy of giving, a sense of the power of giving, of wanting to be the one who gives the gift as well as the one who receives. Just as we all know, when we're a guest at someone's house, when we're invited to dinner, we say, can I bring anything? We do in my culture anyway, in most cultures I'm aware of. The host might say, oh, no, 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 just bring yourself, and that's fine. But we, we offer, we say, can I bring a plate of cookies? Can I bring a bottle of wine? Because there is a joy in giving and we're building that mutuality. We're building that network. We don't wanna just be on the receiving end. We want the give and take to thrive. And just this morning at the first service, Beth Nord shared that it was her birthday this week and when she went into uh, one of the classrooms where she volunteers, a little girl had presents that she had made for her. And this little girl was so excited to give Beth her birthday presents, she was literally jumping up and down. We know that joy. I, I, it's honestly true. Uh, ominous music set aside, when I'm looking, uh, when I'm going to the, to the um, mailbox right now, the most exciting thing is when I get a package that I'm waiting for because I ordered it. For, for my wife or my daughter. And I'm, I'm really excited about getting presents. I love to get presents. But ah, oh, I love this season when I'm thinking of things to get people I love. So we all know that joy of giving. And I realized after talking to this leader in our congregation, I'm not sure if this is where they were headed with it, but where it sent my mind was by saying to newcomers, um, 
let the basket pass you by with a clear conscience. Not only was I making a little passive-aggressive dig, which I was fully aware of, at those who were not visitors, you should not have a clear conscience. You should give. Um, but also, I thought I was offering them an exemption. And of course, it's generous to say, you're our guest. Of course, that's, that's fine. But an exemption can also so easily feel like an exclusion. We're, we're a community here. We give to one another. And this is a symbolic way that we give. It's a symbolic way that we practice. What does it mean to be in a gift economy? Which our deeply capitalistic, transactional society makes it so hard to do, makes it so hard to just give a gift with no strings attached except that network of care and to receive a gift without looking for an ulterior motive except, I like you. I want to give you something that I think you'll enjoy. I hope we'll keep exploring this because isn't that what should be happening in our services? That we're learning to shift our hearts and maybe shift our world a little bit more to that a great abundance that the earth shows to us and to the kinds of obligations that we joyfully take on because that network of mutuality sustains us and keeps us alive and makes us just as happy as a kid on Christmas morning. And so with trepidation, but I hope without irony, I now invite you to give and receive our offering. The Order of Service gives a QR code and a link and also information on how to use text to give via Give Lively. If you can give in that spirit of abundance and it feels like a gift, not guilt-tripped, not transaction, please give generously. And if that is not what you are feeling right now, please just keep thinking about it. Let's keep talking about it and think about how can we make our services and our community that kind of exchange of gifts.